Welcome back to Fostering Growth. I'm Laura. I'm Ryan. Yay. And as always, welcome back. Thank you guys so much for all your support, for the downloads, for listening to us, getting back to us, you know, giving you guys our feed, your feedback to us. I'm like, it, it's always helpful. And, you know, we really appreciate you guys being here. Yeah. You know, it's uh, here we go. Here we go again. Another fun episode for you guys. We got some uh, some good stuff. And uh, today's topic, we're going to talk about bitterness and being resentful. And how can we get out of that mindset? Mm-hmm. And just kind of a little touch up of being you know, resentful um, is the feeling or expressing of bitterness um, or indignation at having been treated unfairly. And a lot of us have those feelings, like when you talk to, you know, friends, parents, siblings, we feel, you know, we might not, we we feel like we might not be heard. And so we, you know, entitle ourselves to like feel resentful, like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, you know, get part of this problem and just be like, I don't want to talk about it and kind of shut down because I've had my fair times that I'm just like, I don't want to talk about it. But I've learned to kind of recognize um, where it comes from, like being, you know, with a feeling of resentment. And a lot of times is uh, because, you know, communication isn't very clear. And especially like, you know, with um, my siblings that there's been times where they feel like, oh, you know, you're not giving us, I want to say the help or attention. And then I tell them like, well, it's because you don't you know, listen to me or you're not accepting how I'm feeling. And so a lot of that goes back and forth. And instead of getting better, like it just kind of makes it worse because we're kind of like, well, you did this. And then it's like, well, you did this and so on and so forth. And so for me, I've learned to kind of recognize it and be like, okay, I put myself in my shoes and then I put myself in their shoes. And I'm like, maybe I didn't express to them in a healthy way or in a very clear way, how I was feeling. Therefore, I was just kind of saying you, 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 and they're kind of saying you, you, you back to me. And so, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah. So the key word that I think we should highlight um, is recognizing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's very important. So bitterness and resentfulness, it, it comes in so many flavors in so many layers, in so many levels. And it honestly, without us even realizing it, it surrounds us. So like with you, like there's, uh, like you were saying, sibling, you know, some people call it sibling rivalry, but sibling resentfulness of like, Hey, am I being treated the same as you're being treated, whether you're younger Mm -hmm. or in your case in foster, like, you know, there's a whole nother level of that, which which we'll get into later. Mm -hmm. And then there's, the smallest part of resentfulness and bitterness like why does that guy have that nice car or why did that guy get that raise why mm-hmm. does that person get all that stuff why don't I have it yeah and everything like that and it's it's really easy to slide into that before even and by the time you realize it you're so far into being bitter mm-hmm. you don't even know how to get back out of it so I want to highlight what you said step one let's recognize when were um being resentful bitter to to anybody really but it, it it's like one of the hardest things is like you get you 
whether it's anxiety, resentfulness, a negative emotion, Mm -hmm. you can go so far deep into it where you're just swimming in it before you realize it. Mm -hmm. And then the later you realize it, the harder it is to get back out. Yeah. So, And I think a big part of it is also like learning to analyze your actions um, because it, it reflects a lot back. It reflects a lot back on you when you act a certain way and then you don't recognize, oh my God, I acted this way. Mm-hmm. And so that, that kind of adds to, you know, being bitter and indig- indignation of like, I don't want to bring it up if they're not going to bring it up, or I'm not going to touch it if they're not touching it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, you have to be either the first person to kind of say something. And I feel like, especially like when it's your, your part that, you know, for example, uh, if I have a bad reaction to something, I learned to kind of step back and then see, okay, my reaction was this, was it kind of valid? Okay, maybe it was valid, but does the other person see it that way? Maybe they don't. So that's where communication comes in. You got to communicate, hey, I feel this way, or you made me feel this way. But then also accepting the fact that your reaction made the other person feel a certain way. And so they might have that resentment towards you. And if you don't accept it, then you're just going to be, like I mentioned, you know, tagging like, no, well, you, you, you. And that's one of the things that you want to avoid because I feel like once you accept the fact that there's things you can change and there's things you can, once, once you establish what you can change, life kind of tends to, you know, work itself out. And if you can't change something, it's, it's your choice to either hold on to it and keep it in you. Or you can let it go and, again, communicate with that person so those feelings don't come up again. And sometimes communication doesn't help if one person is not ready to accept their feelings after you've, you know, established that, like, oh, I'm feeling this way. What about you? And they're just like, no, I don't talk about it. I talk about it. Then, you know, sometimes you might be a little bit more mature or you might have grown more. And then you see that in yourself and you're like, hey, at least I tried. At least I tried to, you know, reach out and talk about what happened or why it might have escalated. And so I I think that's also like a really important thing. Like once you analyze yourself and then you act upon it and then the other person doesn't like sometimes just let it go. It's easier to let go than to be like trying to convince somebody like, no, wait, but like, like I, I'm trying to communicate with you. So it's it it's my first step, but also it it doesn't always work. So sometimes letting go is easier. Right. So the, you should never have to try to convince somebody of something. So we we already touched on the first step is recognizing it. So if you find yourself, I know that I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. There's times where towards say it could be somebody at work. It could be a family member. It could be just someone that's standing in line at a grocery store with me. <laughs> If something weird's going on and in my head, I'm spending like a good couple minutes, like making up scenarios in my head of like, of like, uh, say, you know, well, I bet this person's doing this. Well, I don't really like how they did this, man. Why did they do this? They probably did that. You know, and you, mm-hmm. everyone goes through this thing where you have this weird voice in your head of just playing like a movie yeah. of a bunch of scenarios that quite honestly, like for me. I'm making up in my head, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I, and I haven't even said one word to this person. This person just goes, Hey, 
And I'm like, hey. And I'm like, look at this person acting like he likes me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's resentfulness. You're starting to cause problems in your own head mm-hmm. when nothing's really happened. Mm-hmm. And it, so you find yourself doing that. This is the hard, the, the hardest part is recognizing it. Cause like I said, so easy to just fall into this. Like it's like walking on thin ice and all of a sudden whoop, you're in the water. Mm-hmm. So once you recognize it, I would say then identify, why do you feel like this? I think if everybody would, in the world would literally just stop for a second. Anytime they feel bad, take a step back and be like, why am I feeling like this? Recognize that it's not normal. Well, what is normal? But it's not, it's not typically normal to be bitter and resentful, to just be having a bad day and then just looking at someone, okay, now your day's worse, mm-hmm. right? There was no interaction. So because what you're saying is, is, is like on a very personal level. So like, we're talking about resentfulness when, if you're being resentful towards a sibling or a friend or something like that, someone that you interact with mm-hmm. and things like that, I do agree. It's really easy to point the finger at each other. It's always easier to say it's your fault, not mine, mm-hmm. whatever happened, but even on everyday things, just in the typical feeling of being bitter, resentful isolate. Why am I feeling like this? How just replay your day. I woke up. Did I wake up late? Did I wake up on the wrong side of the bed? No pun intended. (laughs) You know what I mean? It is, uh, did I get in a fight with my, my parent, you know, earlier? And am I carrying that with me with other people? You know, cause that has nothing to do with the person that's standing in the line with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once you isolate where that could be possibly coming from, the sooner you recognize it, then the sooner you isolate it, the sooner you can start maybe correcting your mindset and then taking a step back and backing off. Because in my personal opinion, when you're being resentful and bitterness and full of bitterness, mm-hmm. that voice in your head, it's kind of like what you wish you were saying to that person right now, but you're keeping it to yourself. Yeah. And so to take a step back and back off for a second, be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like you were saying, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Did I do anything? And then if you go through the checklist and you didn't do anything, then you can go, okay, no, no, no. Now I analyze what you did. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, but like I said, uh, and then, then you go into communicating, if, especially if it's a more personal thing, you know, like if your friend did something, or if your parent did something or, or, or a coworker did something, then you can say, Hey, I feel this way because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you meant it like that, but this is how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. And taking, stepping up, you, like you said, being the first to, to, um, to, to engage in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big step, but you taking that step is the path to growing and curing yourself. Because if you just sit there and choose to suffer in yeah. the bitterness and resentfulness, it's never going to go away. If anything, it's going to get worse and you're going to decay. Yeah. And and that's kind of what I was going to bring up, that sometimes the feeling of resentment or like bitterness, like you hold on to it, like oh, you yeah. feel it and you carry it with you. And even though sometimes you're like, it wasn't my fault. The other person started it or the other person's the one that should say, sorry, or the other person's supposed to, 
you have to realize what you're carrying and how long you want to carry it with you. Sometimes being the bigger person might not always be because you did something wrong. Maybe the other person did something wrong, but it it matters on how important the relationship is to you. Being friend, being coworker, being siblings, parents, whatever it is, you know, whoever's closest to you. I think that's what matters most on, you know, trying to communicate with them. And, and, and you don't want to carry that around you. You don't want to carry that feeling in your chest or that lump in your throat or that pit in your stomach just because you're like, I want the other person to tell me first that that they did wrong. And, and that's still like the resentment that you have towards them. And, yeah. and it's not healthy. Like it really isn't. I mean, with my fair share of, you know, uh, experiences, like I've had to learn how to accept things that I can't change and communicate with my loved ones and tell them, you know what, this is how I feel. How do you feel? We, you know, bounce back and forth how we feel like I feel like this when you do this without being like, well, you made me feel like this. And that's why I'm like this. There's, it's like a whole different ballpark when you see it in like, it, it takes two to tango, you know, it takes two for a lot of things. And most of the time it takes two for miscommunication to happen because, you know, either one person doesn't want to talk about it or the other person doesn't want to accept it. And so I think it's really important for you to be able to express yourself, even if it doesn't work out. I mean, at least you got it off your chest. You're not carrying it with you anymore. And, you know, the I want to say the faster we recognize that as human beings, like we wouldn't be carrying so much on our shoulders because sometimes you're just too scared to speak up and, and you might be scared because you're like, what's going to happen to that relationship, you know, being whatever it is, you're, of course, you're scared to express yourself. And what if that person says, you know what, I don't want to deal with this, but would you rather have that person and deal with them and for them not to accept your feelings or how you're feeling and, you know, just to have that relationship with them? Or would you like to have a more open relationship and be able to communicate with your friend, your coworker, and know that you have that trust that if something else happens in the future, you're not going to shove it down again. You're going to be able to express it to them and be like, hey, you know, I'm feeling like this again or something yeah. happened because it's going to happen. We're all growing up. We're all experiencing life differently. Remember, it's an ongoing thing of the podcast that everybody experiences life differently. And so once we accept our actions and our faults and communicate it to the other person, me personally, it makes me feel better because it makes me feel like I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to better the relationship and I'm trying to express myself, even though it's hard for me personally to express myself, even to my closest friends at times. And so I realized that I'm like, okay, as soon as I get resentful or bitter, I shut down and that's not healthy for me. I should be able to open up and being like, you know what? I trust enough in our friendship and our relationship that this isn't going to change it in like, oh, I'm just going to drop it here, but more it's going to grow. It's going to blossom into something even better. So if you are scared to confront someone, just think about it. Do I want to hold on to this in my chest, in my stomach, in my throat, wherever you feel it? Or do I want to be able to move forward and move with it and, and grow with, you know, that relationship with my partner, your coworker, your best friend, whichever it is. Yeah. So one thing that you touched on that I think is really important to point out is the whole idea of like, I'm just not going to deal with this. What you're really saying is I don't want to deal with it openly. Mm -hmm. 
You're saying, I don't want to deal with this with this person right here, right now. You will deal with it inside. So it's not just going away. I'm not going to deal with it. It's gone. I don't see it. No, 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 no. You're going to carry it in your chest. Mm-hmm. You're going to carry it in your head and mm-hmm. in your heart every minute of the day, whether it's in the back of your head or not. Mm-hmm. I, I find it very hard to believe when people say, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm, mm-hmm. ju- I'm just not going to deal with it. You're saying you're not going to deal with it openly. Mm-hmm. You're going to deal with it privately. Mm-hmm. But if you deal with it privately like that, especially if it's someone that you, with someone you really care about, oh, you're going to deal with it for a long time. So again, that's why it's sometimes not, not to say to be the better person, Mm-hmm. But just to be the one that steps up, step yeah. up, step forward. And um, I think I s- sent you a, a, like a post one time on IG saying um, sharing how you feel will never, um, you know, hurt a real connection. Yeah, it was something along those lines. Along those lines. Yeah. So if you like, like you should have faith, like, no, I've known this person for a long time. You know, we're really close. I don't feel well this way. Mm-hmm. Um, you should have then confidence that I know that I can be honest with this person without it severing a connection mm-hmm. with this person. Because if the, if it's severed, well, then you really know it was never a real connection. Exactly. You know, and- I mean, that might have been a real connection from your side, mm-hmm. but not theirs if they're just going to cut you off. Yeah. Or you expressing yourself. So then at least at that point, at least, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because then I would have been like, thank you. Thank you for letting me know yeah. where we really are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So don't choose. It goes back to what I was saying. Don't choose to suffer. When you say, I'm not going to deal with it. Mm, you're, yeah, you are. <laughs> you're going to deal with it privately, privately. for a long time. Yeah. And it's going to get heavier. I um, saw this really interesting clip on a, on IG where it was this um, this doctor or this uh, teacher and he held up a glass of uh, a glass of water, and he was like, "Anybody tell me how much this glass weighs of water?" And someone was like, "You know, eight ounces, you know, six ounces, four ounces, you know." And then he went like this. He was like, "You know, the longer I'm holding this, the heavier it gets." Mm-hmm. He's like, "It doesn't matter how much this bottle of water or glass of water weighs. Mm-hmm. If you hold on to it up like this for long enough." It will become excruciatingly heavy. Yep. Same with bitterness and resentfulness. You mm-hmm. keep holding on to it. It doesn't matter how light it is that day. It's going to get real heavy. Mm-hmm. So we encourage everybody, especially if it's someone that you really love or some a, a true friend or a family member. If you got a problem and they did something to hurt you or there's a miscommunication, communicate with them. And relieve that tension, not only just for you, but for them and for, for the whole situation, because mm-hmm. it's unnecessary to hang on to that stress is not healthy for us. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I think that it's, it's moves on to like, kind of like, you know, that third step that I've learned of accepting, you know, what you can change and when you can't change. And like, once you put that, because it, it also has something to do with like setting boundaries, you know, like you kind of set that boundary where you don't want to repeat, you know, what happened and then become resentful again or make it even worse because you're going to be like, 
well, we talked about it and then you did it again, or maybe, you know, it could go both ways. You do it again, they do it again. doesn't matter who, but the whole point is that sometimes when you're communicating, you say like, well, I feel this way. And then the other person is like, well, I feel this way. And then you realize, well, you know what? Like, I can't change that from you. Like if you feel that way or like you are a certain way of feeling like, okay, you know, I, I want to be able to express myself to you in the future, but if you don't want me to be this honest with you, then, you know, maybe you can find something that kind of balances both of you, you know, and you, you accept what you can change and you accept what you can't. And, and I think that's a healthy way to see a relationship, you know, whether it be with friends and family, it's, it's, you're setting boundaries for yourself while also giving the chance to the other person to set their own boundary and to be like, okay, you know what, you expressed this to me that you didn't like, or that bothered you. I have a chance to express something that I didn't like, or that bothers me. And, you know, it, it helps you guys move from it and grow from it. And speaking with, you know, like I said, personal experiences, like with my siblings or with friends, and even with like my own mom, like you have that feeling of, okay, I expressed myself one time, Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to do it again. And, and so you, you not only gain the trust in the relationship, but you gain the trust in yourself to be able to release these things, to know that you're maturing enough to be like, okay, you know, where did I go wrong? I accepted what I did wrong. You know, I apologize. And then you, you, you let it go to give room for growth, you know, to better yourself as a person and then to better your relationship. And so I think that once the communication starts and once you start uh, expressing, setting boundaries, even I think learning what triggers you, because sometimes people don't realize that they get triggered by something and you might get triggered and then you just kind of shove it down and you're like, no, they didn't mean it this way, but you have to make it heard because that person might bring it up again and then you're going to get triggered again. And then you keep you know, shoving it down. And so I think that it's, it's really important to be able to set those boundaries, to be able to communicate. And then once all of that is kind of like out in the open, I feel this, you feel this, what can we do to make it better? And that's where, you know, accepting the change and accepting what you can and can't, and then kind of letting go of what you can't, because it doesn't serve you. It doesn't, it's not going to better the relationship if that person is, you know, telling you this or you're telling the other person, like you just have to let go of something sometimes. And, and, you know, the future changes all the time, you know, just because you do one thing or or you're doing a certain thing doesn't mean that the future is going to look like this. Like that's, that's when you start overthinking. I mean, I know Ryan and I are big overthinkers, but, but it's, it's, that's it's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it's it's when he said, like, you know, you you start assuming things, and then that's more poison into your heart, into your soul of like, hey, you have to kind of hit it, like kind of nip it in the butt. And then once you start doing that, it, it gets easier at, with time. You know, it's not like you're gonna be day one and be like, I feel like this, and then oh my god, I feel so much better. Like, no, it's something to work on. And if the relationship is worth it, you're gonna work on it. Right. So one of the, when you're, when you start assuming things and start making up scenarios in your head about what's going on between you and whoever, especially if it's someone closer to you, you're, you're kind of not, you're not giving them a chance 
to do the right thing or to set things right. And so it's actually not fair to them. So I've done that before with people, um, some of my closest friends where I've, I've been like, well, they did, they must've done, I like, I feel like I know them so well that I'm like, well, they meant it like this. And, you know, and it had to be like that. And, you know, and so I, I, well, I don't feel good about that. And they probably know I don't feel good about that. And so, well, well, then why did they do that? Well, is it because of this thing? It's probably because of this thing. And then notice I keep using the word probably. As soon as you use the word probably, stop. <laughs> probably is not is. Probably is not a sure thing. You're assuming you know what's going on for sure in their head. Mm-hmm. And last time I checked, we can't read each other's minds yet. Yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you need to, you need to pull it back, communicate, give them a chance, mm-hmm. give them a chance to set things right. Cause they probably could, they could clear it up. Be like, no, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that at all. I'm sorry. And then, you know what? It was never a big deal. Mm-hmm. But don't make it a bigger deal than it is unless you know what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And then now they could, they could, you know, go back at you. There's always that risk that they're like, they could double down and be like, no, you know, it's, it's this way or that. And, you know, I don't really care how you feel. Okay. Well, if that unfortunate outcome happens, at least, you know, where you stand and it's clarified and then you react accordingly. And then, you know, and then it goes on, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But then, then you can kind of choose what direction you're going to take and then try to work it out or just be like, wow, okay, well now I know where we're really at and then Mm -hmm. move on. So that moves into what Laura was saying, acceptance. Okay. So we keep, we keep bringing up the, like the rosy part of the outcomes of like, oh, it it wasn't what we really thought. And it's okay. Well, maybe (laughs) it is what we really thought. You know, you have a 50, 50 shot. So if it is something malicious or if it is something that really hurts you and they're not sorry. Okay. Yeah. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. We've all been there. Um, But you got to work on that acceptance of like, okay, this sucks, but this is where it's at. And I'm going to make the conscious choice in this part at this time, there's a fork in the road. I could choose to suffer and wallow in it, or I can choose to move on, learn from it and grow mm-hmm. and get better. You know, so I could choose to heal. You can choose to suffer. Or you can choose to heal. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people kind of automatically choose to suffer because it hurts so bad and it's hard to see it ever ending. And I get it. It's valid. But at some point you got to choose to heal and move on because you got your whole life ahead of you. And like I said, now, you know, where that person could be standing in your life now. And now, you know, and now it's more clear who, which people are connected to you that won't do that. Yeah. So you got to make the choice. (laughs) Sometimes it's a hard choice, but at the end of the day, if you don't make a choice, then you're the one that's just going to be hurting yourself. Like, and you don't want that either. You know, you want to be able to wake up and live your life ready 
to like seize the day instead of like, oh, I have to go see that coworker that I don't like, or, oh, I have to go with my friends. And it's that one person in my friends group that I'm just not in good terms with. Like, it's going to affect you one way or the other. And so you might as well just, you know, kind of tackle it and then see where it goes from there. A lot of times people are afraid to lose people. And I, for one, I totally get that. But sometimes those people might not be the right ones. And we all know this. I mean, the perfect, perfect, most perfect example is high school. Mm -hmm. How many of you still talk to high school friends or those high school best friends? You know, like people change all the time. Our lives go different ways. And I can't remember the exact quote, but there's a quote that says like some people come into our lives to stay and other people are just lessons. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that the next person that you see is going to just be a lesson, but sometimes people come into your life to teach you something or to make you realize that you want something different or, you know, you just don't see things the same anymore. And then you drift apart. And you, that's also another thing, like you shouldn't be bitter because you grew apart from someone. Like it happens. It happens all the time. Instead of, instead of focusing on why you drifted apart if it bothers you so much then that's when you reach out right like you would want to be like wait we drifted apart and it hurts me so that's when you communicate you reach out but then there's other times that you're like we grew apart and then you're bitter because you're like oh like that person didn't stay in contact with me or that person this and that and then you realize that maybe that person wasn't supposed to be in your life maybe it was just for a little bit and then it leaves room for the new people you're gonna meet you meet new people every day at the grocery store new people at work, new people at school, you know, everywhere. There's always new people. And we never realize until we start getting close to someone how important an individual can be. But it also goes, you know, both ways of how important it is to lose an individual because it makes us grow at times. And Especially, so I, um, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was kind of going to shift, but go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, well, just to finish up on that, um, Yeah. Especially like, like, for example, I'll give an example. Like there was, I have a really close friend, you know, she and I were really, you know, you know, really close all the time and all that stuff and always talking all that. And then, you know, she, um, we ended up having different schedules and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden I started realizing like things were getting more and more distant, more and more distant and stuff. And it was getting, I don't know how close it was to, but it was getting, it felt like it was getting closer than I was comfortable with to like, okay, are we just not interested in being friends anymore? And, um, I was like, and then I, instead of just letting it disappear, I took the initiative and I was like, Hey, like I've noticed we're drifting, Mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And, uh, I don't really, I don't want that to happen. Like I'm, I, I'm, like, you know, I'm sorry if I haven't been making much of an effort, you know, I know life gets busy and stuff like that. And that person was like, no, I've noticed the same thing. Like, you know what I mean? So they were actually concerned too, but neither one of us were saying anything. Mm-hmm. And so we were both kind of like, okay, are we, what are we doing? We're backing yeah. up, we're backing up, we're backing up. And then it was like, well, if we, neither one of us would have said anything, we could just have disappeared. But it wasn't necessary. It just took one of us to speak up. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, exactly. you know, we gave each other the opportunity and we're like, hey, and then, you know what? And then we slowly kind of came back. Mm-hmm. And then so, it, like I said, 
you got you got to speak up. Um, you got to be okay with what's going to happen. It might not be this result that you want. Like Laura said, you know, you meet people, you know, the, the, they could be, you know, your lifelong friend or a lesson. Well, that kind of goes back to, well, did you really lose something or did you learn something? Mm -hmm. You only lost if you didn't learn anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I really love that, that, you know, that mindset of like, I either win or I learn. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, now I'm not, that's a little sporty, but like, it's, <laughs> you know, but I, I it, it, you can apply that. Like there's reasons why people disappear, you know, disappear from your life. And if you learn why that happened and then move on and take that with you and grow, you didn't really lose, you know, it helped you grow. Yeah, no. And I mean, that's kind of a part of life. Like it's a big part of life that we're all afraid of, but it tends to happen. And the big, you know, piece that I say, I'm like, the faster you accept something, it it's easier to maneuver around it, I think. Like, you accept the fact that you might not be close to this person as you once thought you were, and that's okay. You're opening other doors to maybe be closer to another person that you never thought you would be close to. Yeah. I mean, me and Ryan, our relation, our friendship relationship started with, like, you know, with another close friend of ours. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, like, we just started kind of talking more. And then especially because of the podcast, then we started talking even more and more. And then now, like, we're closer friends than ever. And we never really imagined that in the beginning. We just kind of met each other. And so who's to say that you're not going to meet a new friend, a new best friend tomorrow or the next day? Uh, you know, doesn't have to be a number one or top or replacement. It just means that we're open to make so many different relationships that sometimes we don't recognize that because we're so uh, afraid of losing the other ones, of yeah. losing that connection where, you know, a lot of people say I've invested a lot of time in this and I want, you know, I want it to count for something, but sometimes it's like, you got to really see, like, did you both invest in it equally? Did you invest more in it? Or, yeah. you know, maybe they invested more on it and things like that. And so it does, it doesn't always go our way, but we could always make room for improvement within ourselves and our relationships and, you know, letting go of and setting those boundaries. You know why we care about number one spots? MySpace. MySpace. They did it all to us. They did it to us. I swear. Ever <laughs> since MySpace came in, they were like, oh, you're as soon as like we had our top 10 list. And then I had this one person on number one. And as soon as they went to number two, they were like, hey, hey, what happened? Yeah. They got mad. You know that. So, <laughs> so you and I, we remember MySpace. I don't know I how think, people. I think I remember that as soon as, because I mean, what's funny is too that MySpace was a lot of coding. So as soon as I learned how to hide my friends, <laughs> they were gone. <laughs> they were right, out of there. Yeah, people yeah, like, am I your top? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't care about my top. I was like, the number <laughs> one top was wasn't always been you know who so that's I'm like, no one knows what spot they are but you're definitely on the top somewhere but you're in somewhere there in you're there. somewhere on there don't worry they about don't it. know that you have a top 50 but no, I'm just <laughs> no but i mean it, in all realities you you kind of know who your closest and top friends are because Absolutely. of that communication like you keep those communication lines open and it might not be perfect and it might take some time sometimes like i said Nobody likes to rock the boat or be the one to be like, hey, so I feel like this. And then the other person might be like, uh, we've been friends for this. Like, why are you speaking up now? It might have taken you that time. It might have taken yeah. you listening to this podcast to realize, man, maybe I should speak up. You know, maybe this is a sign that you should speak up because 
like I mentioned, in the end of the day, you're the one carrying all this. And even if it's your fault, even if it's the other person's fault, sometimes it just takes for you to realize, (laughs) to realize, yeah, that you're carrying this and how much it's hurting you. And if it, if you're willing to, you know, repair or let it go, because either way, it's not, it's not helping you, you know, grow because you're just kind of carrying it. And if you say it's not that important, I don't want to bring it up, then let it go. Yeah. You know, like there's always an option, but if it really is bugging you, that's that's your sign right there. And I care, <laughs> that apparently you care if you keep on hanging on. You apparently care. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, I think that's I think that's good. But what's going on? What what we got next on our agenda, Laura? I I wanted to tie this to kind of like the foster aspect of you know how sometimes you might feel resentment um, in the foster care of you know why did why my why me. Why? First of all, why me? (laughs) And I went through a lot of resentment when I was a little kid. And I would think to myself, why me? Why? I've been good. I've, you know, listened to my mom. I I did everything as the older sibling, taking care of my brothers and helping out. Why? Why me? Why do I get, you know, picked out of the litter? And at times, like I, it was hard to just accept the fact that life happens to anybody. I mean, there's people out there who, yeah, might've had a better life in quotes, but they might've not learned and grown like I did, you know, they might have a different life. And and so for me, instead of looking at resentment of like being in foster, it was more of like, okay, what can I do? What can I take control of? Because if you, if you let, I want to say like, if you lose the control on your life, then that's when you start being a victim of like, well, pity me, pity me. And nobody really wants that for themselves either. And so I started feeling like, oh, pity me, pity me. And that's where my also bad luck, Laura, <laughs> little nickname came from that I gave myself. And everybody's like, you're not bad luck. And I'm like, that's how I see. That's how I see my life. Because it's like, there's always something happening. There's always something, you know, that's brought up. And I always kind of tie it into like being in foster care because I I didn't grow up with my parents and I didn't grow up with my siblings. And so I resented that part of my life for a long time because I'm like, I don't want anybody to know I was in foster. I don't want anybody to know what kind what what I dealt with when I was younger. Um, But it was because I was bitter that I didn't have my childhood or that I didn't have my parents around or that I didn't have this. I didn't have that. And it made me not be able to get close to people because once you get close to someone and you share your, you know, your story, I would have to bring up that I was a foster kid. And the first thing I was like, it's going to be a pity party. Like it's going to be, Oh, poor you, poor you. And I didn't want that. And so I decided to take, take control of that and change it. And, and like I said, you know, accept what I can't change. I can't change the fact that I was in foster. I can't, but I can change how I look towards it or how I see it and what benefits me. And so a lot of times, you know, being able to visit my brothers um, was one of the things that I kind of had to take charge on because they started being resentful towards me because I wasn't visiting them as often or because I wasn't, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, it was mostly visits. Like I wasn't making time for them, you know, in, in that sense. And so even though I would call them, you know, maybe not daily, but like at least, you know, weekly, 
it, it wasn't enough for them. And so they wouldn't really say anything to me, but I could feel the way that they acted around me and, and how they were like a little bit bitter. Like I'd be like, Hey, like, I'm going to go see you this, this day. And then I couldn't because, you know, I didn't have a car. It was all transportation, like on the bus and the trolley. And even though sometimes like in foster care, they, they offer those services of like, you know, having somebody pick you up and dropping you off. Um, after I was out of the system, like I didn't get that offer. And like my brothers would be, you know, transported from their foster home to the visiting, but I had to kind of get there on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I started talking to my brothers like, hey, like I have my own life and I'm trying to kind of, you know, go through life as well and trying to set a good example for you guys. This is why I can't see you guys as often as you would like. But I always kind of made it like, okay, holidays, I'll be there. You know, birthdays, I'm there. Like all the important stuff, I was always there. Graduations, performances, uh, cross-country meets and things like that. Like they told me, hey, I have this here. And if it was in my reach, I would do it. And so it kind of helped with the bitterness. And for me and my brothers not to, you know, fall apart or, or go our separate ways because I had to communicate with them. Hey, I know I'm your older sibling and I know that you guys see me as a mother instead of a big sister, but like, you have to accept that I have my own life and that I have to kind of zoom through life and learn these things so I can teach you guys this, so I can be that role model, so I can give you advice when you come to me and say, hey, I don't know what to do when this happens. I'm like, how am I supposed to give you guys that advice if I'm not living it, if I'm just worried about you guys? And so I wanted to bring it up that resentment, a lot of times, you know, it, it happens in foster because as, as a child, you want that attention or you crave that attention from parents, from siblings, from even like your social worker, like your social workers have so many cases and there's times that a social worker might not, um, how would you say, give, you might not feel that the importance of how you're feeling or, or what you're expressing to your social worker might not like take in action, you know, from, I told her this day and it's been two weeks. Just remember that everybody goes through life differently as parents, as siblings, as social workers, as friends, even like I didn't expect my friends to always be available to me 24 seven after I told them like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't fostering. I didn't really have my mom, uh, you know, for a long times. And there was times that I, you know, was trying to find my own answers because I'm like, well, who am I supposed to ask? Like, <laughs> I, I, I wish I could just, you know, call up a person and be like, Hey, what do I do with this and that? And, and so a lot of it with, with foster care, like, it's just the sooner that you realize that you can take charge of your own like actions and your own, you know, like feelings, it makes you kind of, you know, understand that we all go through life differently. And once you learn to communicate and, and that's another big thing, you know, in this podcast that I like to to kind of repeat it because I really think that communication is key. Communication is really important, you know, whether you're expressing your feelings, whether you're setting boundaries, whether you're just trying to communicate and you want to give the right information to that person, you know, and and not feel misunderstood because you're not expressing yourself or you're not you don't have that open communication. So like you can't think to yourself, well, I'm not being heard. Well, are you opening up or are you communicating? And I think with foster, like it, it happens a lot, especially like in siblings. And, you know, like I said, with my experience with my siblings and you just have to realize like your older siblings 
aren't your parents, even though you might see it like, like that way. And you have to set that boundary, you know, being the bigger sibling and then also telling your siblings like, hey, it's okay. Like I'm here for you, but to a certain extent, because I'm also experiencing life as we go. Like I'm also growing up. Like I, I didn't, you know, pop out of my mom's belly being an adult and knowing everything and being able to tell you, hey, do this, do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And so I think that was where me and my brothers, like, especially the youngest one, because the youngest one was in foster for basically all his 18 years until he grew out of it and or outgrew the system. And um, and so you would see it in him like he felt like abandoned. He felt like we weren't paying attention to him. He felt like after I got out of foster and my brother got out of foster that we left him there. And it's like, no, like now that he's older, he's already 20. So almost 21. I guess he's experiencing life and he's like, oh, okay, now I know what you meant. Like, how do I do this? And I'm like, boy, <laughs> you got to Google it sometimes. That's how I learned, you know, like, YouTube uh, University. Like the, that movie Die Hard. He's like, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and especially like when you're growing up, like you don't see that. You don't see the adult aspect of it because yeah. you're a kid. Like you just want to be able to call up your older brother and being like, hey, I feel this way. And the other older, you know, sibling has all the answers. I mean, I wish I could have that. I wish I could give all the answers to my brothers, but I can't. And that's another thing too, that once you reach out for help and that person can't help you, there's no reason why you should be bitter because it's like, we're all going through foster care, just like you. And I don't, and I don't want to seem a little bit like, you know, it's just like, you have to take your life into your own hands especially in foster care, because if you just expect that things are going to be handed to you, you're having, you're going to have a hard trouble growing up in life and then getting out of high school and into college and realizing, oh my God, like not everything is handed to me. Like I have to work for this. I have to learn. I have to study. I have to do this and that. And sometimes in foster care, we get a lot of resources that you're like, oh, okay, well I get help here and I get help there and they're going to keep helping me. They're going to keep helping me. But then you age out and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And so I think that it's very important. Sorry. I think it's just very important to like realize like, okay, I, I feel this certain way Mm -hmm. with my parents, my siblings, my social worker, my guardians, you know, like your foster parents or whoever it is. Sometimes it's relatives who are your guardians and you just, you know, gotta be, you gotta be, you know, kind of like in their own, in their shoes, like they're helping you as much as they can, but it also takes your inability your ability to accept that okay it's my life I gotta take charge doesn't mean that you have to do everything solo it just means that once you reach out and you don't get the answers that you're hoping for it's not the end of the world you just you know gotta maybe learn it yourself or maybe go through it yourself because if you just keep that in 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 yourself like you know foster can really really turn somebody from caring and compassionate to no, like I am bitter and I hate life or I hate this and I hate that. And, and I say this because I saw that in myself. Like Mm -hmm. I went from, my mom would tell me like, oh, you were such a sweet child and and you were so open about like what you liked. Like I really like colors and, and I was a very colorful person, I guess. Like I would, you know, wear different accessories or like my style, I guess, in clothing, like I didn't really care what other people thought. 
And then at age eight, like I went into foster and then my whole world revolved about like, I just want to be liked so that I can have, you know, people or like around, you know, having those like uh, connections, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and you start those connections, but I, I didn't start them with communication or setting boundaries. And so that's why it was so much harder for me to accept the fact that I'm like, okay, I need to speak up about a certain thing. And then I was feeling resentful towards myself again, you know, and my life because I'm like, well, I grew up this way and that's why I'm, I am this way. And I just accepted it instead of changing it, instead of being like, wait, just because I was in survival mode doesn't mean that I have to be in survival mode in my adult life. Like I have the power to change so many things. And so I, I took it upon myself, you know, to start thinking about what I wanted to do once I grew up and, you know, your, your career wise, or like your own financial stability and your own health, you know, making your own doctor's appointment, desk's appointments. Like once you take charge of your life, it's such a great feeling that you don't even have room for resentment because now you're the one in control. Now you're the one that gets to, you know, make the moves and you don't feel like you're just waiting and being like, okay, well, can you help me? Oh no. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to wait again. Oh, can you help me? Oh no. Okay. I guess I'm just going to sit here and wait until somebody can help me. And then like, that's what I did. And then I started being resentful towards myself for not speaking up faster or, you know, getting on my, on my, um, on my own, how would you say it? Like, like you kind of, when you you get on somebody's case of like, Hey, you got to do this. I guess you get on your own case. What do you Yeah, you know, you're just kind of stepping up and taking control of your own decisions, your own, mm-hmm. um, you're taking an um, initiative of your own life, mm-hmm. basically of like, okay, uh, not everybody's going to help me or I, I, and no one's helping me right now. Mm-hmm. Time for me to take care of it. Again, fork in the road. Mm-hmm. You got to make a decision. You can sit there and suffer through no one helping you. Or you can choose the path of growth, which is going to be hard, get out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and grow. And, um, you know, if there's three words that I would love everybody to take away from this, when it comes to bitterness and resentfulness, recognize, recognize what's going on, that you are being bitter or you're feeling resentfulness. Identify. What is making you feel this way? It's okay that you feel this way right now, but the path to get past it is what was it? Was it that you, it was because you're in the foster system. Was it because, you know, a coworker treated you one way? Is it because you feel like you've been treated unfairly? Mm -hmm. Then communicate big circle around communication because that's what Laura and I have been saying throughout this whole episode. It all comes down to communication, whether it is communicating with a friend, whether it is communicating with your social worker, whether it's communicating with other people, to try to find a job to get more information, to go to a library, to make steps. It all requires communication. Mm-hmm. You can't stay stagnant, make the decision. And I think this is a good time to get into our quote segment when we want to talk about making decisions and stuff and not staying stagnant. So um, if you don't mind, I'm going to go first. Mm -hmm. And I've got 
one main one, and then I got an honorable mention because I think it it would be really uh, good to mention this. But the quote that I picked up was, bitterness and resentment only hurt one person, and it's not the person we're resenting. It's ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that goes back to what I take from that is you're holding on to something and it's, you think it's because of someone else, but it's really hurting you. Mm -hmm. And the more you hang on to it, that's not affecting the other person. It's affecting you Mm -hmm. make the decision. And then the honorable mention is actually from uh, Steve Harvey. Family Mm -hmm. feud. Um, Said, if you are going through hell, keep going. Why would you stop in hell? Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Yeah. You're going through hell. Keep on going. Make the decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and you're right. Like, especially that, you know, going through hell, like, why would you just stop and, you know, be like, oh, I'm going through it. I, I just want to give up. Like, no, just keep going. Keep pushing because eventually you will get out of it. It might seem like a journey. It might seem like. I can't anymore, but you got to keep pushing because if you just stop, then you're going to stay in that situation and it's just going to be a repetitive cycle. Like you're just going to be in the same thing over and over again. And then that's, you know, again, where the bitterness in in yourself starts happening. Like you don't like the actions that you're taking anymore, or, you know, you you don't even motivate yourself. You start just kind of poisoning your own mind. Like, oh, it doesn't matter if, you know, my friends aren't helping me. Well, I guess, you know, I'm, I don't have any friends and my family is not helping me. I don't have any family and I'm all alone in this. And, you know, it's it, sometimes it's like, if you are alone, then be your own hype person, like be your own cheerleader. Sometimes yeah. you've got to motivate yourself because again, it's only you in this life. Yes. There's the support system of friends and family and siblings and friends and so on and so forth. And all these, you know, different branches that we are able to you know uh connect to ourselves but in reality it all falls in you and mm-hmm. how you're going to see your life and how you're going to actually move forward from it and then with my quote it's very important i guess for me cuz i had to learn kind of like you know okay all right so it says when you forgive you heal and when you let go you grow And so it was very important for me to learn how to forgive because it wasn't just forgiving another person for what they did to you, but it was also forgiving yourself for letting the other person treat you that way. Mm -hmm. And I always saw it like, okay, I forgive you. You did this to me and I forgive you. And there's a lot of people that said, you know, you forgive, but you don't forget. And that also kind of, you know, it it depends on what happened in the situation that it happened. But when you forgive... It doesn't necessarily let the person off, you know, the bat like, oh, okay, I forgive you. It's fine. It's more for yourself. It's more for you to accept the fact that, you know, I got hurt and I'm dealing with this and then I kind of like let it go. And then that helps you heal because as we mentioned before, when you carry it in you, you just hurt yourself. And so forgiving doesn't always, or forgiving doesn't always mean that it's for the other person, but mostly for yourself. And then when you let go, you grow. And I've mentioned this before, letting go of things that don't 
don't give you that happiness anymore or don't make you feel content or even fulfilled you know letting go helps you grow it helps you let go of what you don't need of those relationships you don't need of those friendships you don't need i'm sorry to say but even family like you let go of family that isn't helping you that it's affecting you more than is helping you yeah and i don't mean like oh you let them go and you don't talk to them no you just let go of the fact that you can't help them you got to help yourself first and if you can and then they get bitter and resentful that's going to be on them yeah. that's going to be on their chest on their head but in your head you're going to be like i'm sorry i can only help you a certain extent you let it go. And and I say family a lot because I know that we struggle with the thought of like family is everything and family is the tightest bond because sometimes, you know, a lot of us know that it's not the strongest bond. Sometimes family, what is it? What's the saying? Water is thicker than blood. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's what it says. <laughs> uh, no, blood is thicker than water. Ah, I was all around. You had it backwards. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> like when people say like, oh yeah, you know, blood is thick in water. But I mean, sometimes your own blood relatives are the ones that are hurting you. And, and they right. hold that against you because they're like, hey, we're family. You have to be on my side. You have yeah. to help me. We're family. And it's like, okay, family. What about when I needed help? Where were you? Right. And like, you know, that that's when you, you realize that letting go doesn't always mean let go goodbye it just means that you're growing yeah like it means that you're growing because you're letting go of what doesn't benefit you and what doesn't help you and you're making room for that improvement for that growth and so i i really really like that quote because it it, you know kind of went went with like the resentment and forgiving and healing and then also like letting go it's it's a big part of our lives It, it doesn't mean you know that you're just cutting off burning bridges everywhere no it just means that you're letting go of the pain in your heart mm-hmm. and, and you're letting you know. the validation of, you know, something that really is meaningful to, to be able to bloom more, you know, yeah. like those who matter don't mind. And those who mind don't matter. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know I'm like, I'm sitting here like thinking that's right. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, know that's right. I know that one. <laughs> I yeah, might not always know, say everything right, but I know that one was right. <laughs> no, I agree with you. And uh, letting go does not mean just cutting off. It's like letting go of the grudge, letting go of the pain, uh, letting go of what happened. And whether it's with forgiveness or whether it's with parting ways, I mean, there's, there's, you can't take letting go as such a literal thing. I mean, letting go can mean so many different things, but letting go, you, you gotta let, let that that weight off your chest, you know, you know, if you don't get it off your chest, you'll never be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it comes in so many forms, but it, again, it comes down to communication, you know, and then it comes down to making a decision, um, tying this into our music to, to the songs that we chose, uh, letting go was kind of, now this song is kind of, uh, honestly, this could not even be what the song is about, but it happened to be playing when I was thinking of something while I was driving. And um, I was like, sometimes like, you know, everybody, you know, we've all dealt with gossip and people, you know, talking behind our backs and stuff like that. And sometimes you've ever been, especially in a workplace or with your friends or something like that, where someone's, someone talks bad about you to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. 
and that person that they told tells you mm-hmm. what they said. So it's like that can bring on resent and mm-hmm. bitterness because you're like, you just said all that behind my back and you think you got away with it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, and then you're like, okay, now, well, as much as I, you know, you're like, you could be like, I, I don't want to deal with it. So I'm not going to bring it up. But now you're holding on to it. Yeah. Cause now you know, and every time you see them, you're like, you're fake. You know what I mean? It's like, like the, you know, I mean, yeah, you always have this thing. So um, and I was thinking about that, and um, there's a song called The Beat Goes On or Beat Goes On by uh, Travis Barker on his album featuring Cypress Hill. Gotta give credit. Okay. Um, but uh it was <laughs> it was literally like the the chorus is the beat goes on and the beat goes on and stuff, and you just hear Travis Barker, you know, banging it out on the set. But then it just kind of clicked in my head, like when someone is gossiping, like, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to give satisfaction to this person. This, this person is trying to get in my head. Mm -hmm. They're trying to take real, you know, real estate in my head, rent free. Um, Talking bad about me to, to my friends and stuff like that, or to other people, you know what? Like, like they say, shrug it off, you know, like for whatever reason, just clicked. I was like, the beat goes on. My beat is going to keep going, mm-hmm. whether you talk bad about me or not. Mm-hmm. Um, when you decide, when if I decide that something bad happened between me and someone, whether it's a family member or a friend, if I give, as long as I give them the opportunity to express themselves or try to um, settle the situation, I'm going to communicate. I'm going to express to them how I feel. Mm-hmm. And whether they want to resolve it or whether they want to move on, my beat will go on. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I kind of took that song. It's like, so now every time something bothers me, like I'm like, oh, this person, this, or this person said this, I'm like, the beat goes on. <laughs> no, I mean, kinda, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to wallow. I'm going to keep going on. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like that, like, just no kind of like beat, what is it? Beat to your own drum. March to the beat of your own drum. <laughs> I got you. I got I'm you. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't know how I sound so smart on paper and not so smart <laughs> not on paper. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, like it, it, it makes me think of that, like march to the beat of your own drum. Like the beat keeps going. I like that. I like that. Well, my pick is a little bit different, but it's a it's a song that really gets to me and if you're you know a close friend like it's one of the songs that like without a doubt every time I hear it if I'm alone if I'm with somebody else it's a whole different ballpark but when I'm alone <laughs> I always cry to this song <laughs> and and I, I don't cry like it doesn't make me sad it's just like the lyrics to the song hit me because it's like the whole kind of like I can't even pick like oh just this part and this part like it's the whole thing gets to me Mm -hmm. and so um i today i picked coldplay and the song i picked was paradise and so as if if you know coldplay and 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 how the song starts uh you know it it basically starts with saying when she was just a girl she expected the world but it flew away from her reach and the bullets catch in her teeth so when i mean especially like me growing up when i was a little girl I, you know, 
thought of the world. Like you grow up thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to do this and I want to do this and that. And I think I was already at, you know, age eight, I kind of already knew what was going on around me and, and, you know, what, what I wanted to do with my life in that sense. And then it says it flew away from her reach. And so that's kind of like when foster came, like it mm-hmm. shifted my whole world around. And so I felt like the world flew out of my reach. And then it says, you know, uh, <laughs> life goes on. It gets so heavy. The wheel breaks the butterfly. Every tear, a waterfall in the night, the stormy night, she'd close her eyes. Away she fly and dream of paradise. And so that was me. Like as a young child, I, a lot of my problems went away when I would sleep. And then that's one of the things that are, it's kind of one of my bad habits of instead of dealing with feelings, sometimes I just kind of sleep them off. (laughs) And, you know, it's something that I'm trying to outgrow, but this song really hits me when it says, um, so lying underneath those stormy skies, she said, oh, I know the sun must set to rise. And so that's always kind of tagged along with me because it's true. Like, the sun must set. So like, it always has to be dark in a sense without, without having to be like, it has something bad has to happen. No, it's just, you know, during life, sometimes it gets dark. Sometimes you feel, you know, in you fall into depression or you feel like you're isolated or you feel like you're lonely, but sometimes the sun must set to rise. You have to fall in order to be able to get back up. And so I, I really, this song honestly hits on another level. Like when you really, you know, have that connection with the song where yeah. it kind of expresses your life line by line, you're like, oh right. it's God. almost like the song was made exactly for you. Exactly. Like, line, and you know. so that's what I've always dreamed as a little girl. And even now I'm 28 years old and I'm still dreaming of paradise. I'm still dreaming of what I can do to reach that goal to where I'm going to be actually content and happy with my life. Because yeah. at times I look around and I'm like, well, I know this isn't the place I want to be, but what can I do to better it? Or what is it that I really want? Like, what is my paradise look like? Mm-hmm. And so I, I wanted to be able to share that um, with you guys. And if you have heard the song, I hope you have a whole different, you know, uh, thinking of like to what the song you know might mean to somebody and if you haven't heard of it I think it's a really nice song you know to the beat is really nice and mellow and and you kind of feel the friction of the roller coaster it's the same as the song before it's you know kind of life goes up and down and you know um it gets heavy sometimes and it might be a storm and it might feel like you're breaking loose and everything is going down but remember that you you know wherever there's rain there's always sunshine on the other side and it rain helps flowers grow (laughs) (laughs) yeah this song you know I can connect with it I mean I think a lot of people can we've all been in that stage in our life where it just seems like life keeps kicking us um and it's like you can't you can't catch a break it's easy to say you can't catch a break Mm -hmm. but you gotta got to get out of that, that mindset of, uh, I can't catch a break. Like, it's like, yeah, but guess what? A break won't be handed to you if you say it, you know what I mean? Give me a break. Give me a break of that. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, and you know, sometimes you do need to, you do need to remind yourself, you know, it's like that other, um, I've never actually listened to the song. I will listen to it after this. Um, but 
I've never heard it. Sorry. I'm like Remember, the sun, the sun needs to set for it to rise, okay? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it does, it, it brings me to a song that's similar to it that I used to listen to um, uh, by P.O.D. It's called It Can't Rain Every Day. Hmm. And then so it goes through, you know, it goes without getting too much into it, it goes through a girl's life that through high school, through, through, um, through having a child, but then it, it not happening. And then everything, it's just like, it seems like this life is so somber, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, the chorus is, you know, even though it rains every day, or even though you feel all alone, it can't rain every day. Mm -hmm. It won't last forever. The sunshine will rise as you know, you know? So it's like, it's just a reminder. It's like, look, it's rough now. Um, but you got to keep pushing through it because mm-hmm. there will be better days ahead. You know, yeah. if you're going through hell, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> don't stop. Just keep <laughs> swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> what do we do? We swim. <laughs> oh, don't get me Dory. into the opera right now. <laughs> I know, right? Thank you, Dory. Well, guys, I think this was a fantastic episode. I think we touched on some really good points about trying to fight bitterness and being resentful. And um, looking forward to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you so much again for listening. Thank you so much for the support, everybody across the world. Earlier, we were looking at um, looking at the stats of the podcast. And literally, when I refreshed the page, uh, we got another download, like all of a sudden, and it was from the UK. So shout out to Great Britain. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Uh, Laura, please tell the people our social media. Social media time. All right. So as y'all know, IG, fostering.growth.pod. Twitter is at foster underscore growth with two H's. <laughs> our Facebook, uh, you can search fostering growth pod. And our YouTube, of course, as always, is fostering growth as well. Um, we do realize that a lot of these might be a little bit long and we're trying to find ways to kind of, you know, shrink them down. But for now, <laughs> they're still the same. Um, we will still have them at the end of the video. So, you know, any you guys don't understand some of the things that I say, I'm like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I tried my best. <laughs> but as always, if you need uh, or if you want to get you know, any feedback, um, any advice, any type of topic that you guys might, uh, you know, want us to touch up on or, you know, talk about. Uh, you can always email us at fostering.growth.pod at gmail.com. And remember, like, subscribe, follow, review, everything, you know, to keep to keep this podcast, you know, trying to, to how to say it? Um, grow? grow? I mean, yeah, grow, but it like, <laughs> was the right word, adhere to our listeners? No? I don't think so. Oh, man, I'm sorry. But I'll tell you what is some something good is to, um, you know, tell your friends, please help us out. If you want to help us grow the way the best way you can contribute, just spread the word. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon slash Audible, iHeartRadio. And then, uh, you know, we're also trying to get on some more platforms and uh, we'll update you guys anytime any information changes or any new platforms are up. We will be sure to tell you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, thanks so much for supporting and listening. 
we appreciate you as well uh around the world you guys it's really amazing to see how much or how far this podcast you know has reached out into different countries and we appreciate all the support everywhere all around the world we really thank you guys it's it's really exciting to keep seeing countries pop up and you're like oh my god i can't believe they're listening to so me hard to believe i'm like what in malaysia wow. right like so <laughs> all right guys you guys have thank a good so one much. be safe we will see you soon bye guys thanks <laughs>